All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan from the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm here with Laura Timbrook. Laura is a well-being strategist, and she's also a fellow podcaster. She is the host of the Manufacturing Wellness podcast. So, Laura, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And now we've had several conversations over the last couple months. Not only was I on your podcast, but you were in my summit and focusing on why wellness is so important to manufacturers. So before we get there, let's learn all about you. What actually led you to not only focusing on wellness, but then bringing it into manufacturing as your point of focus? Yeah, so for me, I actually come from a 15 year of a management level leadership background and I transitioned into corporate wellness coaching. And I did that for about another eight years. And what I really found out is that my favorite clients were manufacturers. So instead of just focusing on all corporate and all industries, I niched down into manufacturing. And it's been such an adventure. You know, I love when I leave a manufacturing facilities and my cheeks hurt because I've been smiling and laughing all day. And that was one of the reasons where I really wanted to focus on their workforce because, you know, there was a lot of work to be done. A lot of times, often the employees just felt like they were left out, that the wellness approaches didn't work for them in their unique lifestyle. And quite frankly, I'm a big believer that healthy is for everybody. And I really just focused on manufacturing and I love doing it. So share with us some of the reasons why. Why hasn't been the, this been a focus in manufacturing in the past and why is it even more important today? Yeah, so I think it hasn't really been a focus in manufacturing is because we take that like, you know, that burly approach, like I'm tough enough approach and we don't realize how much our bodies start breaking down. And then when they start breaking down, we just power through it. And those that don't power through it, they're considered weak. And that's not really how we need that to work. We need to make sure that we're building our employees up. And really, in the last two years, we have seen that wellness has come up in manufacturing, especially the small to mid levels. I mean, you know, your big companies like GE and your large manufacturers they got wellness. They have those fancy wellness programs, but the small to mid-size don't. And now they're starting to realize now more than ever, especially with COVID, how important taking care of our heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, how important that really is because that really decided through this whole pandemic if you were going to get COVID and how bad you were going to get it. We know comorbidities really played a huge factor in COVID. 
Right. And I know that just really taking a uh, addressing that issue from a small and medium manufacturer, because I can't tell you how many of my clients that I've talked to that their wellness, their employees get sick. They go to the emergency room. It's like they mm -hmm. don't even think about they don't have a primary care physician. It hasn't been something that's really been brought up at all in their careers. And when you look at some of the expenses that go along with that, if you can start with that foundational wellness and get employees in the habit, then they're bringing those healthier habits home and they know where they are from a point of wellness instead of just going and sitting for four hours in the emergency room, which number one is a pain. Number mm -hmm. two is going to cost that company a lot of money. And in the long run, it's not effective. So what are some of the foundational ways that you start or to give manufacturers some of those ways that they can get started? We've all seen that iceberg picture where you have the top of the iceberg and that's all your like health fairs, your doctor's appointments, your fitness. That's like the top of the iceberg. But the bottom of the iceberg is where wellness really takes hold. And that's with relationships and purpose. You know, we forget how much those relationships affect our overall well-being. Just think about having good relationships with your job and your family, how it makes you feel overall. You're more likely that when you're sick, you're going to go to the doctor. You feel better about yourself when you're in that you know, happy state. So really what we want to do is we want to take a broad look at it. So first things we want to do is having is if start with the employees first. We want to make sure they have the health benefits that they need. We want to make sure they have the health fairs so that they can understand where they sit on their health. What's your blood pressure? What's your weight? Have that understanding where they need improvement. But then we really need to start addressing everything else. Stress is a big one. And especially, you know, we know that our top three stressors, work is number one, finances and family. Those are our three top stressors. Well, we have to address the stress in the workplace. That's been one of my biggest focuses now with COVID. I can't get in to talk to the employees and help coach them. But what I am able to do at this point is work with leaderships in creating a cohesive environment where our employees are supported, making sure they're taking time off, whether they're taking time off just to relax or rest, or they're taking time off to go to their doctor appointments. Lisa, you made a really good point. A lot of our employees are not going to see their doctors on a regular basis. When they're sick, they're in the ER, and anything else, they're just trudging through it. And we need to make sure that we are being proactive in our health. We're seeing our doctors, we're seeing our dentists, we're seeing our cardiologists. Maybe we're even making time to see a therapist because we know right now, we're all feeling a little hmm, kind of, you know, so we want to make sure that we're taking care of that. And when it comes to things like health fairs, because again, I've heard this, we tried a health fair once and nobody came. <laughs> so what is the process? Because again, you're changing a whole way of people taking a look and maybe a lifetime of bad habits that's certainly not going to change in one afternoon health fair. But what are some of the steps to get started with that when we can at some point meet mm -hmm. live and in person and have these types of fairs again? Speaking of which, are there some virtual options that you're seeing as far as those uh, health fairs too? Yeah, absolutely. So 
going back to why health fairs don't work and we so often have a very low turnout, there's two main reasons for that. In management buy-in. I will watch employees walk out of a health fair because who's not sitting in that health fair? So if you want your employees to be in that health fair, your CEOs, your leaders, your C-suite executives, they all need to be in and attending those health fairs. And then the second is consistency. If they feel like you're just checking a box off that says, ah, yeah, we offered a health fair, they're not gonna take it serious. You have to support your employees in understanding their health matters, not only to them and their family, but to you as their employer. And once we feel supported, we're more likely to attend. But the other key point of this is a lot of, especially in manufacturing, we didn't see it in corporate, but we see it in manufacturing, is that employees are so afraid that them attending a health fair and that data is going to be shared with their employer that they will not go to the health fair. So you have to make sure that you are communicating to your employees properly that their data is their data. They're still held by HIPAA rules. We can't share. I can't share your weight or your health with your employer. I can't do it. So we need to understand that it's confidential, it's safe, and we care about you. And oh, going back to your question on the virtual, yeah, so we have, I've been virtual health coaching for employees. So if we do a lot of virtual health, health biometrics where they can go to local doctors, local labs and get stuff done, and then they can meet with me for their results. One of the big thing with the health fair is not only do you want to give your employees the information on, you know, their biometrics, but you want to lead them down the path that they can make improvements. A lot of times health fairs, they just give you your blood pressure, they just give you all that, and then they send you on your way. You need somebody to come in, whether it's a nurse, it's a board certified health coach, a nutritionist, a dietitian, somebody that can help guide them to make those changes and doing it practical. That was one of the big things I saw with manufacturing is that what worked in corporate didn't work with the manufacturing workforce. The people you bring in have to make sure they understand the unique lifestyles of shift work, of you know what they're going to be eating. Because let me tell you, we're not going, corporate would go out to lunch at Baja Fresh. Right. Manufacturing is packing lunches and you have to let them know what to pack that's cost effective. First of all, you address the confidentiality issue and that's a part of just building that trust over time with your employees that that can help them do that. But also translating the results. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes in and they say, and I'm just making stuff up because I don't understand heart pressure, but if your heart pressure is 140 over 70 versus 190 over 25, that's probably terrible. <laughs> but, but not knowing unless somebody says, ooh, that's a little high or that's normal, that that person may have no idea, well, what is normal? What is for mm -hmm. somebody that has primarily a sedentary job or they're not doing a whole lot or they're doing those repetitive motions? So taking into effect what they're doing and also giving them some strategies that they can incorporate through the day. 
So why don't you share some happy stories, maybe some before and afters of specific clients you worked with, specific companies that you worked with, when they changed and they started focusing on wellness for their plant. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, there was one specific one that always comes to mind when we talk about what they did. They had health events every single month. I have had, the first time I was brought into this, there was this one woman and she um, drank a lot of Mountain Dew, like several cans of regular Mountain Dew a day. And she didn't work out and she didn't care to make a single health change. She wanted nothing to do with it. Fast forward two years later, she is down to one diet Mountain Dew a day, and this is huge for her. She's kickboxing four days a week. She lost weight. And you know what the most amazing thing out of all of this was? She was set to retire, and she didn't because she felt so good, and she enjoyed her job. You know, she felt said for the first time, and I think she was there for like 30 or 40 years, Mm -hmm. she actually felt like her management, her organization cared about her. And she's like, well, what am I going to do? Just sit home. I might as well come in here and have fun. To her, it was fun. She enjoyed it. So it's such a broad changes that we can make that affects everything from single health of a person to our entire organization. Imagine not having your employees wanting to leave. And not only that, but she actually brought her daughter in to work for the organization. So now you're attracting new generations. And, you know, when we talk about that, we know manufacturing, we're kind of aging out of our workforce. Right. And when we talk about the millennial and the Gen Zs, they want wellness. This is huge. Family, wellness, and purpose are their top three. So if we are focusing as wellness on as manufacturing and showing them purpose, we know jobs in manufacturing have a huge purpose. Hey, we saw it with the whole to- toilet paper shortage. <laughs> Suddenly those working on our toilet paper plants were our heroes, right? And you know, there's a huge purpose to manufacturing. We have the perfect scenario of attracting these younger generations coming in if we set ourselves up correctly. So what about from a cost standpoint? Because I know you can go the gamut when it comes to implementing programs into your facility. So without spending a gazillion dollars to bring in all the high tech equipment and stuff, what is a what can a small or medium sized manufacturer do that doesn't necessarily break the budget? Absolutely. So the first thing you want to do is talk with your employees. What do they want? We can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars bringing in experts and fancy devices. But if your employees don't want that, why waste the money? Have an understanding of what your employees want or what they really feel like they need. The second thing is talk to your insurance broker. Find out about wellness dollars. This is key because there is money available in a lot of your health benefits that actually will pay for experts like me to come in. So it's no money out of your pocket. But then once you have an understanding what your budget is, what your employees want, then that's when we start bringing in the health fairs. We want to bring in the health fairs because we need to understand that baseline. But a lot of times health fairs right off the bat, you're not going to have a large turnout. 
but we need to be consistent with them, letting them know. And then you can bring in experts like myself that will help coach your employees to make sustainable healthy changes. A lot of times we go way off the deep end and we don't sustain with those diet plans. So we want something that's sustainable, but it's really about understanding your workforce, what they need and what you have available. Because especially for small to midsize, starting off with like your own employee level gym isn't going to work out, but maybe you can team up with a local gym in the area that can offer benefits for them as well. Yeah, there you go. Well, let's take it back to Mountain Dew Woman. So <laughs> she came in, she came in, she wanted nothing to do with it. She was close to retiring. She was just that really healthy, unlifestyle, not working out, drinking all of that pop or soda, depending on what's that part of the country you're in. So what was the first step to get her to buy in, to get someone like her to reconsider their view of wellness before that? Yeah, absolutely. So for her, it was seeing the numbers on a piece of paper and really understanding where she was. She actually had pre-diabetic numbers and she had family history of diabetes. So that was key when she had those numbers and seeing that in place and knowing that that's an issue. But when I was coaching her, one of the things I actually asked her was, what would happen if you didn't make the health changes? Like what in five years would your health look like? And that picture scared her mm. and not right away because she had to think about it a little bit. But then as she thought about it and we started with one simple health change and maybe it was swapping out one of those waters for a flavored seltzer water. And just making small changes. You know, she often thought of exercising, that she had to like go into the gym and do all these things or she was going to be in a yoga class. I'm not going to be in a yoga class. So she tried a bunch of classes and found out kickboxing was her thing. So you really want small, sustainable steps. You know, you don't want to take all her soda right off the table right away because that's not sustainable. She will never last but small changes. And that's really what happens when we talk about it from an individual standpoint. But the bigger thing for her was knowing that her employer was supporting her. And every month having myself or somebody else come in and just continue that conversation with her. It wasn't just a one conversation and then you leave. Well, Laura, I know that you do uh, lots of services for manufacturers in the wellness area. So share a little bit about how you work with your clients and what's the best way to get in touch with you. The way I work with them is we work on a couple different approaches. We can work on the individual approach, which is addressing employee health fairs, working with those employees one-on-one -on -one or in a group format. Then we can work with leadership having leadership understanding that work-life harmony and how they can integrate wellness as part of a leadership approach. And then of course we have the larger organization where it gets everybody on the same page and we start implementing that wellness culture. And that's really, you know, when we're dealing with the holistic thing, you want that wellness spread across your entire organization. But you're not going to start there. You're going to start in baby steps. So the simplest way to get a hold of me is go, to go to lauratimbrook.com. And my podcast information is on there. You can get in touch with me. We can have a conversation just about how to start strategizing your employee wellness approach. 
Well, Laura, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So thanks for being here. I'm, oh, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.